Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. St. Anselm's treatise on truth, the De Veritate, ranges over a number of different truth-related topics in its 13 chapters. Ultimately, the goal is going to be surveying the various types of truth and showing that they all, however diverse they are, are contained in one unity of truth. But we should begin by looking not at the unity, but at the plurality, the multiplicity, the types of modes of truth. And this, in fact, seems to resist the idea of providing a definition of truth. But as we'll find out, that's not really the case. So in the very first chapter, there is an invocation of one of Anselm's earlier works, the Monologian. And the student says, I think you gave a definition of truth there. And Anselm says, no, no. No, I didn't give you any sort of definition. And he uses the word definitio there of truth. But, you know, maybe we could find one. And what would be the strategy for finding a definition of truth? Is it, let's start out at the really high level of abstraction and then come down? Or is it, let's do this Socratic style, throw out a definition and then I'll knock it to pieces? No, Anselm says, let's do something different. Let's survey the different kinds of things in which we say that there is truth. And this is a very important thing to point out. So different things, as it's often translated, is diversitas, right? A diversity, a literally going away, turning away from each other, although we're going to have to bring them back in together. And it's attentiveness to how do we actually use our language? How do we actually think about these things? Let's not put aside various kinds of truth because we approach it with some ready-made theory like, well, the correspondence theory of truth or the coherence theory of truth says blah, 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 blah. Instead, let's see what we actually say truth exists in or in which there is truth, we could say. And so he begins by looking at the long customary by that time area of, we could say, language or signification. And, you know, he's going to stress throughout the work that this could be any kind of signification. It could be written, it could be spoken, it could be other kinds of signs. So truth in signification, in significatio is the chapter title. And then he talks about enuntatio. And these are being used more or less synonymously. The things that we say, are they true or not? And Anselm and his student come to realize that there's actually two different kinds of truth in enunciation. And this is going to be a really important aspect of Anselm's theory about truth that's going to run through the rest of these things as well. There's truth in the sense of the correspondence theory. Something is true when it accurately represents the state of affairs that it's talking about. So if I say that I am a young man, 20 years old, that's a false statement. Why is it false? Because I'm no longer 20 years old. I'm at the time that I'm recording this 51 years old, right? If I say I'm 51 years old, that's true until I turn 52, which 
will be happening, oh, roughly half a year from now, right? So that's one kind of truth. Anselm also thinks that there is a, another kind of truth, more bedrock encoded into language itself, the truth of the terms. And we'll go into that a little bit more, but that provides a framework for the kind of truth or falsity that we can find in statements that can either be true or false, right? Then again, nothing really controversial about this. We have truth in thought and the, again, the chapter title and the language being used there is a little bit of diversity. Truth in opinio, you know, in our judgments or opinions about things, what we think about things. And then cogitatio, our thinking, our cognitions of things as well. And we can say, well, this is very similar to language, right? Language is what we speak out or write or something like that. We have something kind of like a language in our head, in our thinking. Obviously, it's not totally totally linguistic. There's images in there as well. And, you know, there's more to it than just thought is a language just not being communicated out loud. But, you know, that's pretty straightforward as well. Again, nothing really new or controversial there. Then we get to something that is quite interesting. And here we get into what, you know, for example, Aristotle might have called practical truth, as he does in Nicomachean Ethics Book 6. Although Aristotle doesn't have the concept of the will, he does have the concept of desire and action. And so the chapters about that in Anselm, they're not Aristotelian, but they're dealing with similar territory. Anselm says that there is also truth in the human will, in the voluntas. And it's important to keep in mind here that for Anselm, the will is not just what you happen to choose right now or right now, right? It's not just making an option between two things. It's a faculty. It's a part of us. It's actually at the very core of who we are. And the will itself, as his later works are going to analyze, is quite complex, there is the will as use, particular volitions. There is the will as faculty or instrument. There is the will as affectio or disposition or inclination. There is the will also as turning, which might, you know, conversio, which might apply to several of these. And so there can be truth in the will. What determines when there is truth in the will? When the will is willing what it should, or when the will is doing what it was made to do. And this is similar to truth in signification and thought. There's a what it was made for sort of encoded or built into it. And there's a great possibility for us human beings to go quite astray with this and to introduce falsity of a sort, a lack of truth, a denial of truth into our very wills themselves. Similarly, action itself, actio, can be judged as true or false, not just as good or bad, not just as right or wrong, but as true or false. When we do what it is that we ought to, that is true action. When we go and do something else, you know, when we do the opposite of what we ought to do, that, that's false action. Interestingly, there's also, as a later chapter focuses on, there's a connection between action and signification. Because action isn't just being judged in accordance with some standard of what you ought to do or the will that's motivating it. 
Every action is significative. Every action is a way for the person acting on some level to say, this is what I ought to be doing. And therefore, this is what human beings ought to be doing. So this is a very, very important correlation between the two of them. So now we've covered quite a lot of ground. What about the senses? This is something where we often talk about truth and falsity. So Anselm says, you know, consider the crooked stick. It's crooked in the water. You pull it out, it's straight. What's going on there? Or you see a statue of a dragon and the immature child thinks that it's a real dragon and gets all scared. There's a falsity there, isn't there? The senses are deceiving us. And Anselm says, oh, no, no, no. The senses are not deceiving you. The senses are just reporting what it is that they have to report. As a matter of fact, don't get on the poor little senses because you know where the, the falsity is, is in opinio, in your judgment about what it is that the senses are telling you. So the senses and thought are also connected together. Right. And then we have one more, you know, set of things that's starting to get much more metaphysical here. So we've got all these things that are of the human being. Now we have truth in the very being, the essentia of things, essentia rerum in Latin. And this is not yet the divine truth or the supreme truth that is God that is going to unify all the other truths. But Anselm says, in things being as they are, there is already another sort of truth. And it's sort of implied that all these other types of truth, in a way, are involving the truth in the being of things. And then finally, we get to the supreme truth. As it's going to turn out by the very end of it, truth is not just in these things, but truth is also one and is indeed the supreme truth. That is God and all other truths are in a certain sense within God which is kind of a mind-blowing idea that we'll talk about in greater detail elsewhere. And this eventually gets Anselm to the point of being able to provide a definition of truth. And it's a very interesting definition that will be considered by later thinkers, like, for example, Thomas Aquinas, who mentions Anselm quite a bit in his discussions of truth. So how can we define truth? What connects all these things together? It is rightness or rectitudo. This is really central to Anselm's idea. Rightness in signification, rightness in thought, rightness in the will, rightness in action, rightness not so much in the senses, but in the judgments about them, rightness in the being of things, and the supreme rectitude or rightness that is God. Rightness that is perceptible, perceptibilis, right, can be registered, can be apprehended by what? just by the mind alone. The, the senses aren't really registering truth. The senses are registering what it is that they perceive. It is the mind that perceives things truly or falsely. And it is also the mind that judges its own perceptions as true or false or its willings or its actions, right? So truth, according to Anselm, there is a definition of it possible. It is rightness perceptible by the mind alone, but then it's registered or manifested in all of these different modes or manners, all of which are important, none of which we want to leave out in developing an adequate, I won't say theory as such, 
but an adequate understanding of what it is that truth is. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>